This is Damon Albarn, and you're listening to Alleluia Monkeys, the number one gorillas podcast in the world. Welcome to Hallelujah Monkey for whenever this comes out. My name is Dylan Flynn. My name is Trevor Ickrath, and we're back with another exclusive Hallelujah Monkeys interview. We got more stuff coming down the pipeline, re-music and gorilla stuff, but this was cool, and we wanted to get it out to you guys so that you could enjoy it, fill in a little bit of the behind-the-scenes picture of the song machine process, and... Uh, yeah, we talked. You, you probably read the episode description. We talked to Jonah's police woman. Yeah, how exciting is that? The new one of the one of the newest additions to the Gorillas family, Jonah's police woman, who of course appears on one of the Song Machine season one bonus tracks, Simplicity. And I gotta say, the talking to Joan was such a pleasure, and it was kind of exactly what I was hoping. She's like your classic, you know, New York art. Uh, figure, you know, she's got stories, she's got jokes, she's just like, uh, what a what a breath of fresh air it was to talk to Joan. Something that I know we were both particularly interested in finding out is if she herself could place the gorillas, Jonah's policewoman Cloverfield connection. I guess we should probably go into that interview now to see if she remembers that she and 2D and Noodle and Murdoch and Russell had crossed paths once before. In New York, when a giant monster attacked. Let's hear what happened when Dylan and I got thrown in the back of a paddy wagon and interrogated by Jonah's policewoman. Hey, Joan. Hello, Joan as policewoman. Welcome to Hallelujah Monkeys. Thank you. Are you actually calling from Eugene, Oregon? Yeah. I Well, I'm in Roseburg, Oregon. Do you have a connection with Eugene, Oregon? No, no. It just said call from Eugene, Oregon. And I was like, what? Say what? <laughs> Joan, ready to get your hair blown way the fuck back. I'm from Eugene, Oregon. Okay. All right. Wow. What, what's happening over there in Oregon? Are you both in Oregon right now? No. No. Dylan's in Oregon. I'm in Los Angeles. But you're from Oregon. I'm from Oregon. Trevor's from New Jersey. Now he's in, in Los Angeles. I'm still in Oregon. Got and, it. Got uh, it. Thank you. Joan, if you want to know what's happening in Oregon, uh, everybody in Eugene was flipping out when they found out that Several shots of Borat 2 were filmed in Eugene, Oregon. Oh, which ones? When he's wandering around in the street after COVID hits and there's nobody there. Oh, okay. That's a big scene in the movie. I'd be excited, too. It is a big scene in the movie. Joan, thank you so much for being on the show with us. We're, we're so excited to have you. Yeah, Joan, it's great to have you on. Absolutely. Hold up one second. So, okay, you just said Trevor, and then is there someone named Dylan on the line? This is Dylan. And this is Trevor. Okay, just want to get this straight. Cause it, okay, right on. Hey, Trevor and Dylan. And you're Joan, and that takes care of the whole triangle. It really, really does. So, so Joan, when we first saw your name pop up in the credits of this new Gorillaz album, I was really excited. Uh, not only because I was familiar with your music, but because it like it triggered an extremely nerdy part of me that immediately realized that your Song Machine appearance 
would not be the first time gorillas and Jonah's policewoman had crossed paths. And like, this is an incredibly obscure piece of trivia. In fact, Dylan didn't know about it when I brought it up on our last episode. True. But I wanted to ask you if you're aware of the first time gorillas and Jonah's policewoman were featured on the same release. Oh God, I am not. You want to give her a year as a clue? Hold on. Oh yeah. Give me a year. It happened in 2008. Okay, hold up. I went to Ethiopia with Damon and Remy, who I made this song with. It's not Africa Express. It's not that. No, no, I know. That, I'm just saying, that was in 2010. I played, with, I, I played some festivals with Good, the Bad, and the Queen, maybe in 2008, somewhere around there. But So this is all leading to I have no idea. Well, it, it doesn't have anything to do with any of that stuff. It was actually when you were both, when both of your bands were featured on the soundtrack to the 2008 monster horror film Cloverfield, which of course featured <laughs> the ride from your debut album, Real Life, and the Gorillas song, yes. 192000. Okay. All right. That's- the obvious next question, Joan, is uh, as a member of the Cloverfield production, did you get to see what the monster <laughs> looked like? Before everybody else? No, no, I've never seen the movie, period. Oh, Joan. <laughs> you know, what you should do is is call back in sometime. We'll do a live watch with each other over Netflix. We could do a whole review of the film. Mystery Science Theater style. Okay, all right. Is it a good film? It's all New York stuff. You could be like, oh, look, that's what it would look like if a monster was crushing that bodega I go to. <laughs> okay. All right. This is not, this is, I just want to just say something. I, I never watch, like, I, I hardly see any movies. Like, it has nothing to do with Cloverfield, the fact that I haven't seen it. I've seen almost nothing. I've seen one series, and it's called The Wire. Oh, The Wire. The, wi- the Wire is a classic. I'm out of it, okay? I'm out of it. If you're in a conversation where people are just generally talking about movies, do you have one that you go to that's like Joan's official movie that she likes? <laughs> um yeah yeah give me give me a sec on that one i mean no clearly not <laughs> i mean you know Joni mitchell's appearance in the last waltz that's one of my favorite movie moments of all time great moments great, great moment. moment one of my favorite moments well when you're when you're cast to be in the gorillas movie assumedly is the romantic foil for animated frontman 2d i mean you'll have to be at the premiere you'll you'll have on some sort of a sequins <laughs> gown i imagine oh no all of that stuff i've been to more premieres than i've seen films i think i love dressing up fancy dress who doesn't love it face to face stuff into it Sitting on a couch and looking at a screen, not so much into it. I do enjoy seeing a movie in the theater, in the movie theater. Which you can't now. Yeah, you can't do that anymore. Can't. Can't do it. I think we all miss that. That's for sure. How are you holding up in the in the post-quarantine world, Joan? Have you found that it's pushed you to like make the best of this time, generate, generate, generate? So... <clears throat> Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, yes. The, the easy answer is yes. It's not, separate from the fact that all my touring got canceled and that I'm not traveling at all, which is most of my life. 
Um, my home life is not all that different because I live alone and have a home studio and spend so much of my time. This is when I look at screens. <laughs> you know, I spend so much of my time making music. I finished a live, I finished, I mixed a live album that I, that I recorded when I got off tour with my band in November, 2018. That's coming out at the end of the year, double vinyl. Uh, and now since that, since I mixed that, I've been working on a record that I recorded with Tony Allen in uh, November of 2019. Oh my God. You're hooking up with all kinds of gorillas personnel. Trevor, I, I believe according to our notes that Joan is like a, she's, she's an Orion like star in a gorillas family constellation at this point. I'm not super familiar with like constellations, so I don't really know what that means, but yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> Wow. What are some of them, Trevor? I know she's worked with, well, of course, Lou Reed. She's worked with Lou Reed. She's worked with Elton John. Joan, you have like a very vast, like, collaborative history. I know you've also done work with, like, Rufus Wainwright, Annany, and um, I think Cheryl Crow has been in there. Out of all those, like, out of all those people you've worked with, I was wondering if, like, any of you would, like, uh, you would particularly enjoy seeing any of them feature on a gorilla song in the future as you have now. <laughs> um, I mean, Lou and Elton and Rufus and uh, Anoni and Cheryl, that was all before I hooked up with the with Damon at all and any gorilla stuff. So, um, you know, yeah, having Anoni on a song, that would be amazing. Having Rufus on a song, Lou's already been on stuff, Elton's already been on stuff. Cheryl Crow, I have no idea how that would look. I love Cheryl. I'd be 100% on board. I do too. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. She might be my number one pick out of all those people. I would love to see what would happen with that. She's vastly talented. I'm not sure they've had someone of that kind of vibe on, on a Gorillaz record, but I'm ready. I'm ready for it too. It is a little out outside of vibe, I agree. But I mean, I'm always ready for the idea of gorillas to expand. That's that's the goal here, I think. Gorillas is all about incorporating the unexpected, right? That's right. That's why I love it. Joan, since he came up, I, I wanted to chat with you about Lou Reed for just a moment. Um, you know, I think like probably most people, uh, <laughs> I have a, a very close relationship with the music of Lou Reed. And... You know, based on your your background and the and where you came from, I imagine before you ever hooked up with Lou Reed that you were also probably a fan. Is that accurate? That is absolutely accurate. So I just wonder, like, because my understanding of it is that you and he became rather close at a certain point. You became sort of a social contact with one another. Yeah, it was really wonderful. I had been... So I, I met Lou through Hal Wilner and through, um, I guess, mostly through Hal Wilner, who is, who was an incredible New York. He was sort of the center of the New York music scene of a certain type of like anything that was truly unique in a certain way, and a, a lot of it connected to old new york i know about his extensive work in the in the tribute album section uh mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know he did those kind of those big themed concerts those big 
concept albums, and I we lost Hal this year, I think, didn't we? In April. In April. Yeah. But you met Lou through Hal, and uh, and how does how does one become friends with Lou Reed? How does that happen? Well, yeah, it has nothing. I mean, I I didn't do anything to make that happen. I mean, I was around Lou. Uh, I played with him in various settings. I was on a bunch of those tribute shows. I was the MD. I was musical director for the Neil Young one, and he was on that. Um, so he, we were around each other for some time, uh, several years. And, you know, I kind of kept out of his way. You know, it's Lou Reed. He has a reputation. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and, um, you know, and I just respected his privacy and just respected him so much and really just like was just happy to be involved in any way and was not. And, you know, ever going to assert myself <laughs> um, in any other way. And, <clears throat> and you know, it was probably, I don't know, 10 years after we had been, like, doing stuff together. Just one day he said, hey, Jeff. And I said, hey, Lou, how's it going? He's like, I'm good. How are you doing? You know, and then we were friends. <laughs> Then we went out to the movies, had dinner. I mean, it was just, I think he, I was vetted somehow. Uh, it's like you were, it's like you were in New York Conversation, the song, in real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he just saw that I wasn't interested in getting anything from him. Uh, he also, I think, had time to listen to my music and... Um, like it? Uh, Shocking. I mean, happily enough for me. That must have just made you feel like a million bucks. I can only imagine. Sure did. Hell of a cosign. I. It's he's a, he's such an important you know now past member of the uh, of the Gorillas family and such an important member of of musical history. And to me, it makes perfect. He's a legend. Yeah, he's a legend. And to me, it just makes perfect sense because I see you both as like a couple of New York weirdos. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think he saw that I was properly weird <laughs> and was like, okay, she's in. Sure. So like striking up a relationship with Lou Reed must have been like a really surreal experience. Uh, can you tell us a little more about what it was like, uh, like first meeting and getting to know Damon Alburn? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I met him in Ethiopia. So I had been invited to join Africa Express. Uh, and I was coming from, I was, I was to be meeting them at the end of a tour of mine. So um, I met a lot of those folks for the first time uh, in Ethiopia which is a great place to meet up with anybody. <laughs> I mean, Ethiopia is one of the most special places I've ever been. Uh, and it's all around music and learning about music that isn't ours. So, and we're all, geek, we're all music geeks that way. You know, so meeting up with, with musicians that I really respect, I mean, I... I I just, I love what Damon does and especially like, you know, like later blur. I know this is not maybe so popular, 
Um, and then, you know, I just love his progression. Like I, I sort of like love everything he does more than the last thing he does. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people will tell you that those later blur albums really helped the band kind of, it saved them from just being known as like, you know, one of those Brit pop bands. You could hear it, you know, in earlier records, but like, for instance, when Think Tank happened, it was like, what? Great record. It, that's a good that's a good way to describe that record, Joan. <laughs> yeah. So like when when you first got, when you guys first met and started working together uh, in Ethiopia, were there like um were there early talks to kind of incorporate you into the Gorillas project, or was that something that would come up like later? Oh yeah, no, there was no talk about that. We were just all there to to learn about Ethiopian music and to play together and to just, I mean, I saw it as like a learning, you know, just fully learning. We were all just like, so, you know, engulfed in, in the music and learning about the music. So no, there was no talk about the gorillas stuff at all. But then, so I want to, I want to fill in a couple of gaps here. I know that you, you continued to kind of work with Damon through Africa Express. Are we missing any other Damon uh, work that you've sort of found yourself in the orbit of in between? You mentioned uh, the good, the bad, and the queen, right? Yeah. Uh, I just did some show, like some, some random festival shows. Like it was just like by chance that I was on, <clears throat> I was on the same festival with them. So no, um, no, I mean, I, let's see. I mean, I did the Africa Express in London this year. I, I last year, I played on the, um, Afel Bukum, Afel Bukum record that came out. The oh, Malian. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Damon produced that. So he got me to, to play some strings on that. Uh, and then let's see, we had been trying to get together for a while to just like, you know, write, write together. And we had had the Africa Express thing happen last year. And then I had a day off tour and I met up with him and Remy and made this song. Simplicity. Let's talk about simplicity. Uh, Something that really struck both Trevor and I as we were reviewing this record and kind of doing all the research, the credits on Simplicity tell a really interesting story about sort of a one-woman band who's running all over <laughs> Studio 13 to play upright basses and, you know, Chinese two-stringed instruments and all kinds of things. Uh, I'd love to just hear your version of the story of that session, uh, starting with... So something that's come up several times on the show as we've talked to people who've worked with this project is that Damon often has like a conceptual pitch that he gives the artist. I remember when we talked to Kilo Keish, she was like, yeah, he was like, this song is about a, a haunted castle and there's a seance and stuff like that. Was there any kind of conceptual game plan for Simplicity when you guys all met up together? No. <laughs> That would be a no. I, when I came in, Damon was was finishing up that sort of theme song for Song Machine. It's like a pretty silly, uh, yeah. yeah, it's a great song, but it's uh, he was there with Jamie and Remy and some other folks, and they were finishing up that sort of game showy type of song 
um, theme song. Uh, and, you know, I was like, <laughs> what, what are you guys doing? You know? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, well, I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm, we're making this thing just to, the idea is you, you put an artist into the song machine and what does it spit out? And this is the theme song. And I thought that was a great idea. And so you then stepped into the song machine. I guess so, you know. I mean, I think I was in the song machine as, as soon as I stepped into the studio. But, you know, Damon has such a great, in general, just sort of casual, relaxed way of uh, approaching music and collaboration, which I really can relate to. It was sort of like, choose your instrument. And I, I was playing the bass. He was playing guitar. Remy was playing hand drums. We got a groove going. He's got the studio set up so nicely that just like the engineer is there, you know, just catching everything. And, you know, we just, we got that going, like just jammed for a while. And then we switched instruments and Damon and I started riffing on melodies. And, you know, he's also like, him and I are pretty comfortable just singing nonsense words, which I really appreciate because it's like the only way. Yeah. Unless you're like, you know, an insane rapper and can just make shit up real time, which I am not. You're going to be singing. Have neuroscientists just like scan those dudes' brains, you know, like uh, a, like a tiger or whatever, just to yeah. see. We like, got to know what's, what's, going, what's on going on there. What's going on in there? Real crazy. Freestyling is another. Yeah, it is incredible. So Damon and I were just singing quite a lot of just nonsense words, but you get a melody. You get melodies that way. So we were doing a lot of that and saying, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. Blah, blah, blah. And we just jammed for a while. I took the, uh, the uh, files with me to continue on my tour. And then I just, you know, wrote my, I, I travel with a mini studio. And um, just like, you know, after my shows, I, <laughs> I would like go back to my hotel room and just work on writing lyrics like really like making the melody work with the song, putting all the backup vocals on there, throwing some other instruments down. You're doing some wild, wild shit in the background on that song, Joe. <laughs> yeah, it's that, so that good. Chinese string instrument that you're playing, I think is like a real highlight of that entire bonus track sequence. Yeah, no kidding. And, and so are you saying, was there kind of no under, there was no demo of this thing. This just started when you and, and Remy and Damon were jamming. Yeah, yeah, it just came from the jam. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. It's a very unusual way to make a gorilla song, too, Trevor. It, it I can't is. Think of yeah. too many other examples of a, like a collaborator being there from the ground floor like that. I feel like it's usually more of a calculated process, but like when I listen to Simplicity, it does sound like one of the more spontaneous things that the band has put out. Definitely. Well, it's because it came from a jam. It came from three people actually playing together in one room acoustically, you know? I'd love to hear an early version of it that is just you and Damon, like you said, kind of just babbling nonsense words at each other over this, like, groove. It doesn't sound so dissimilar to where it is right now. (laughs) No, that's why I totally buy this process, yeah. Yeah. You could see how one led to the other. Yes. Very cool. That's extremely cool. So then... uh, 
maybe maybe what this is the beginning of is just maybe you and Damon and Remy are going to form a jam band together. You guys are going to be the mindless self-indulgence of the 2020s. So ready. So ready. <laughs> There's some stuff coming up, Joan. Oh, I guess I should ask before we move off of the, the Song Machine Session stuff. Did you, did you happen to listen to or work on anything uh, for those sessions that, that we didn't get yet that might show up in some gorilla's rarity box in 20 years or something? <laughs> Not that I remember. I mean, we jam for a long time, so there's a lot more. There's more jam session. Whether uh, we would use any of the rest of it, I, I really, I can't, I can't say. Um, I think we used the, the prime stuff from the session in the track. So I would say probably not, but who knows? Trevor, can you just add a uh, 40-minute long jam simplicity to the list of things we're going to ransom from Damon Albarn? Eventually? Oh, yeah. I mean, Gorillaz fans will listen to anything. So like that would probably be relatively <laughs> high up on the list of stuff they would want. There is there was a like a, a maybe a 10-minute long, like sort of more... Um, like more can type. I mean, the track reminds me of can in general. Whoa, Trevor. We mentioned can on our uh, episode when we were talking about the song. That was immediately like what, what? I first thought of too. Yeah. It's got the same kind of oh like, it's God, got that groove that you get on like Iggy Miyasi or something like that. Yeah. Wow, right thank you. That's yeah. Oh, please. You know, my my touchstone was was Tom Waits, and then Trevor said can, and I was like, oh yeah, much better. It is much more can than it wow. is Tom Waits. Wow, how is it Tom Waits? Tell me. Yeah, Dylan, what were you thinking? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what it is. Think about like uh, you know that that clap hands era. I feel like your vocal swagger in that first verse is very like sultry tom wow. waits and it's in it's you know approach clap hands is another good parallel i think yeah i could also hear that i gotta check that out again i haven't listened to him in so long not for any reason other than my brain is holy full of holes full yeah, of holes watch cloverfield li- listen to rain dogs again and then yeah, uh, <laughs> reconvene we'll get your thoughts okay great yeah i'll do all of that i want to know uh because the song one of the songs on this record that really really has blown me away is that song featuring lee john yeah the lost chord that's just so beautiful and i i wasn't aware of lee john before this record and then i just like i looked him up just a little bit um but that song is is wow that song's just really blown me away and can you tell me who Lee John is? Yeah, absolutely. Lee John, uh, he was in this band, I think kind of like a new disc or like a post disco band in uh, around the end of the eighties, right? Yeah, mid mid and late eighties, <clears throat> called Imagination, and they're kind of best known, Joan, for this really great song uh, called Just an Illusion. It's very long for a pop song, but it mm-hmm. it super gets mm-hmm. you into a space. You should definitely give it a spin. Just an illusion by imagination. But yeah, he's just he I understand totally why Damon would reach out to him for a song like The Lost Chord, because he really does just like find a groove and get like way deep into your brain with it, you know? Yeah, that song it really I love it when Damon goes a little soul. Yeah, I think Dylan and I were both really bowled over by how soulful that song is. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Damon sounds so soulful on that track. Song Machine has some big soulful Damon moments on it. Yes, it does. 
But see, I feel like he's kind of moving that direction, which makes me extremely happy. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I'll be interested in seeing more of it in the future. So something something that's interesting about you, Joan, is that you've been playing music for a very long time at this point because you started young. Yeah, I think I think I read that you you first started out like learning piano at a very young age. Uh, in college, you played with the Boston University Symphony Orchestra. Although after that, you kind of like uh, decided to pursue a different path, and you got more into like your local punk scene and joined some punk bands. Uh, I was I was wondering, like as a as a fan of punk music, uh, what what does punk mean to you personally? And if you think there's anything punk about Gorillas as a band or as a project? Oh yeah, definitely. The the reason why punk rock was so exciting for me which is you know it's it's something i really got into like in like late middle school and then through high school and stuff was just doing shit your way you know it's not necessarily uh just like the circle jerks and sex pistols you know it's like punk is just an aesthetic of diy uh you know like figuring out your own, I'm sorry, path, you know, to doing stuff uh, that doesn't necessarily uh, look for constant reassurance from the outside world. Right. There's a, it's, it's as much of an, a rejection of a type of thing as it is an embracing of a type of thing. Yes. Not really like, checking out like fads or like doing stuff like because it's so-called cool i mean that's what's so great about the gorillas is that there's people collaborating together from all kinds of music all walks of life all age groups it's a microcosm of how i wish the world worked (laughs) uh i mean yeah I i i started piano when i was young but I stopped it pretty quickly because I brought the sheet music to light my fire by the doors into my teacher. I think I was like seven and my teacher was, uh, uh, the wife of a minister and she was really disturbed that a seven year old wanted to learn how to play light my fire (laughs) on the piano. And, I mean, it's kind of sad because I thought it was so cool, the, you know, that whole thing. That was like a new Jonas Policewoman jam happening in the background just now. Is that a little taste of that Tony Allen album? No, that's... That was Light My Fire. The the beginning of the... the, uh, Oh, yeah, of course. The harpsichord. The harpsichord. Yeah, Yeah, and, uh, you know... It was so clearly like sort of like classical music esque in a rock song, and she couldn't, she didn't get that. Sounds like a real square. This is such a square, and she was doing the best she could. And yeah. so she just, she didn't want to teach that to me, and I was like, fuck this. I mean, I was like seven, and like, no, sorry. And then they offered uh, string instruments in the third grade when I was eight in my public school. And so I started playing violin uh, and then studied it classically through college. Um, But like, I was always like trying to get the violin to sound unlike the violin, you know, like I was trying to get all sorts of weird sounds out of it. I mean, John Cale, you know, he was very inspirational and Laurie Anderson. 
so punk rock, you know, let's keep it alive. <laughs> In 2020. Speaking of 2020, Joan, uh, I would only, I wouldn't ask this unless I felt that we'd all become close, close friends, but, uh, not been the best year for an artist who has police woman in her name to get, to get things going. Have you, have you considered like maybe it's time to become one of those like mononymous people and go as just Joan or something? If, if that becomes like a, a huge deal, which I don't think it will, um, I'll consider it. You know, I, I am not uh, pro-abusive uh, police, obviously. I, I I don't think you run any risk, Joan. I think people take one look at a Jonas police <laughs> woman and they know what side of the culture war she's on. Yeah. Sting, you're not so sure, though, right? Of the band, the police. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's tricky. Yeah. Although I'm sure he's too busy doing that, like, yoga that lasts, like, two years or whatever i don't think it's yoga that he's doing buddy that last no. two years i think he's uh i think he's he's, trying to run he's, what is he doing yeah. you guys <laughs> have way more information than me oh i'll tell you joan he's into tantric sex and so he brags about ha- making love for like 10 hours at a time or whatever oh i do know about this no one wants to know about that really i certainly never want to go into his bedroom because i imagine it smells terrible anyway um, oh Good Lord! Joan, I'm sorry that this is where things have come to at the end of our time together. That's okay. That's totally fine. But I appreciate fine. you so much spending this time with us and telling us all about your your magical experience in the song machine and jamming with Damon and Remy and uh, just, just a lot of fun. You're a lot of fun to talk to and uh, I hope we can all get back to our lives. You can get back on the road soon and and start uh, bringing these new songs out into the world. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah. Dylan and I both currently have tickets to an upcoming Gorillaz live-streamed live performance. Any chance that we'll uh, get to see you take part in that or maybe hear a bit of simplicity? I have no idea about it, so clearly not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. (laughs) Next year in the Holy Land, as my people say, Joan, next year in the Holy Land, we'll we'll be able to see uh, uh, Simplicity live on stage. I believe it in my heart. Uh, Yep, me too. And I wish you all the best. And, uh, hey, you know, down the road, I'm sure we're going to be reviewing uh, that record that you've made with Tony Allen. We'd love to talk to you again when we do that and chat a little bit more about that record. I really look forward to that. Absolutely. I'm so I'm so happy to talk to you guys. What a, what a blast, really. Well, Joan, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, you've been a, a lovely guest, and uh, have a great day. Thanks, Joan. You too. Bye, y'all. Bye. As long as you follow me, this is what I do. One to ten, Trevor. How how bad of a choice of that was uh, was that on my part to make that uh, crack about Sting's bedroom smelling badly in the middle of that interview? I wasn't sure if I was less on board with that or when you started grilling her on her stance on the whole Blue Lives Matter thing. <laughs> Listen, we like to have fun on the show. <laughs> we like we like to have interesting conversations with interesting people. I think we've I think we did it. 
I think we both. That, that was. A, I think that was a lovely little interview. Yeah, I'd enjoy having Joan back on the show anytime. Anytime, Joan, come back on the show. Cool to hear more about Simplicity. Cool to have another chance to talk to all of you guys. Uh, thanks as usual for tuning in. You can always uh, follow our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Hallelujah Monkeys, if you want access to our archive and upcoming episodes of the Patreonkeys Club. Uh, I, of course, you can always follow this show on Twitter at Gorillas Fancast. If you want to send us an email, feel free to do so. Gorillas, uh, or no, sorry, Hallelujah Monkeys at gmail.com. Uh, and then uh, my buddy over here, my co host with the most host, uh, Trevor Ickrath, is on Twitter at TRVRKRTH. Trevor Ickrath with all those pesky vowels taken out. And my co host is located on Twitter at Dylan Flynn. Dylan spelled D-I-L-L-O-N. Yeah. You know, how some people do. Uh I guess I guess that brings us to the end, Trevor. Do you want to start the thing by by saying who you've been? Sure. I guess I'll just say that I have been Trevor Ickrath. And I have been Dylan Flynn. Until next time, don't get lost in heaven. Demo. And you've been so <laughs>